You're listening to the Shut Up and Teach podcast. I'm your host, Elijah Carbajal. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Shut Up and Teach podcast. It's me, Elijah, here, uh, Title I Reading Interventionist out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I'm proud to have a guest on the show. Um, I've got Debbie Tannenbaum, who I met finally at Teach Better. I think we've been connected through some sort of, some form of social media, right? We've been connected for yeah, a while. for a while. Yeah, so we really got to meet in person. Yeah, we got to meet in person at Teach Better 22, which my wife has been describing as like the weird class reunion. Um, but it was a very, but it was a very like much needed and very joyful time. So, uh, Debbie, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm really doing well. I'm really excited to be here and get a chance to talk to you. I feel like at the conference, there were so many people to talk to. It was hard to have a full conversation with anyone. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm really glad that we get a chance to chat, just the two of us today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to uh, to chat with me and sit down for a recording on the podcast. Um, for anyone listening right now who's maybe never heard of you, uh, could you share a little bit about who you are and what your role in education is? Sure. So I believe this is my 23rd year in education. Um, I started off as an elementary school teacher, mostly in fourth and fifth grade. Um, and in my first year of teaching, I discovered the amazing ways that it could, technology could engage our students um, and decided to go and get my master's in technology way back in what, 2001. Um, and throughout my experiences, I've just continued to grow and learn with that. Um, one year I spent in middle school, decided it wasn't my thing. Um, but recently in the last um, six years, I've been working in my district in Virginia. And five years ago, I became a tech coach. And when I became a tech coach and when I came to my district in Virginia, I discovered Twitter. And I'm sure you've heard this story countless times, but I discovered Twitter and all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, how did I not know all this was here before? Mm -hmm. And Twitter truly changed my life. It gave me so many amazing connections that I could have never dreamed of. Um, I wouldn't even have known about Teach Better if it hadn't been for Twitter and Twitter chats. Um, but I've met so many amazing people through that. And because of being on social media, I started to blog in 2019 in February and continued to blog, continued to really enjoy writing. And at the end of 2019, I was on a Twitter chat and um, Jay Billy, who was the person doing it, said, well, what would you do if you could do anything? And I was like, I want to write a book. It's like, then go do it. So I started 2020 writing a book. Mm -hmm. Great time to write a book. I think everybody was writing a book then. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and then COVID hit and it got a little crazy. But at the end of 2020, I met my publisher, Darren Peppard from Road to Awesome. And mm -hmm. 
shared with him my book and he was just like, this is really good. We need to bring this into the world. And um, my birthday, May 20th of 2021, my book was published. Oh, so you share a birthday with your book. That's awesome. Right, and you, you had it on the day of the conference. So, yeah. Um, so I really- Which was, which was my brother's birthday too. Oh, <laughs> so cool. my, book shares a, my book shares a birthday with my brother. So, so um, you know, because of all of those things, I've started to present more, as I was telling you before we went on, um, the Georgia Education Technology Conference was the first time I presented in person. During COVID, I think I must have presented like 30 times because you could present anywhere virtually and it was easy. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go anywhere. Um, so I presented there last year. And so yet this past week, I got a chance to present there again in person a year after, which was really kind of cool because as you know, presenting, the more you present, the more you kind of refine your craft and you really get into your own zone and you kind of feel, figure out how you can best serve the people in your, you know, the participants in your group. Um, and so since then, I've also had a chance to contribute to a couple of other books. I wrote, uh, I was one of the contributing authors to Amplifying Instructional Design, uh, where I wrote a chapter on engagement. I got a chance to do that, which was super fun. And a couple other projects where I'm doing some writing, but I'm just really enjoying it. I'm a tech coach at an elementary school. Um, This is my fifth year doing it. I'm in a new school this year with a whole new group of students and educators to really work with and help them find the ways that technology can really help their students learn and amplify their learning. And um, this year I get the opportunity to work with pre-K for the first time and I am loving it. Wow, that's awesome. So I'm just, I just really feel fortunate. Like this year feels like I've been able to kind of figure out how all these little pockets of my life can kind of come together. Because in addition to everything else I do, I have four kids, mm-hmm. you know, a dog and a husband, you know, so <laughs> it's always busy. <laughs> it does sound like you're busy, but it sounds like the work is, is the good work, right? It's the right mm-hmm. kind of work. And, um, you know, just thinking about what you said, we have a lot of connections and, and similarities here because, you know, I was, you know, I was the same way. If I hadn't gotten onto Twitter, like I would have never heard of, you know, I would have never met certain people who would have never said, Hey, I'm going to this conference or, Hey, I'm presenting at this conference. And then teach better was there. And, you know, the whole thing just kind of blew up from there. So um, we shared some similarities there. So it's, it's always good to meet somebody who's, who's kind of, like I fell into Twitter on accident too. Like, you know, kind of was well, like stumbled yeah. upon it, you know. My principal at the time was like, you need to join Twitter. And I'm like, oh, that's just for celebrities. And I dipped my toe in. And before I knew, I like, I found this whole new world. And yeah. It like, <clears throat> I didn't even know like education books, like the education books that you and I have written even existed before it was on Twitter. Yeah. I thought they were all the long, boring books. And when I read Teach Like a Pirate and I started reading other books like that, I was like, it opened up this whole different world for me. Um, and I tell my that principal, because I still see her, how much I appreciate it. She goes, well, you joined Twitter and you like took it all the way to the extreme. And she's like, and now you're the celebrity and I'm just the person who introduced you to it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the student has become the master now, right? <laughs> but I tell her how much I appreciate yeah. her. She introduced me to it. She was the one of the first administrators I really worked with in my time who was a lifelong learner like I am and enabled me to grow and learn so many things in a way that I hadn't had so that's awesome that's awesome yeah we all need those those uh principles that are like like 
teachers teachers right yes you know? yeah exactly. and not all, and not all administrators are so it's important to you know it, when you find somebody who is you know to really take advantage of it and grow and learn from them yeah so what 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 specifically got you in like what sparked the idea of like let me try incorporating technology in my classroom and then even to the point of like I want to pursue a master's in this um, in this specific area because it sounds like that's your passion you know I was going to ask you what's your passion but you explained that very clearly so now my next question is like what sparked that and how do you how do you cultivate that passion how do you keep that burning and how do you share that with others so when I first started using technology in the classroom, it was my first full year teaching. And when I was doing it, we had a computer lab teacher. Back in the day, we had computer lab teachers. I taught in Maryland. And I found this website, Scholastic.com, and they were doing this thing where you were learning about a famous African-American. It was called the Trailblazers Project, and you were nominating them for the Trailblazers Hall of Fame. And it was like a shared writing thing where people could post it on a discussion board type thing. And I just started to watch my students and see how they were engaged in a way I had never seen before. They went from, okay, we're doing writing to like really being involved in these projects. And, and I remember, you know, we were able to do what was like a, kind of like a, a Twitter chat, but not really a Twitter chat back then, where they got to ask questions to like a, a thing with Colin Powell. And he, they weren't actually communicating him, but they were able to submit questions and then hear him. And it was just like, all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, they're able to do things now and they're getting excited about things in a way that I didn't know that they could. And so it just got me really looking at how I could use this. And the more I started to explore those things and explore those projects and how I could get my kids really doing those things, the more I realized that this is kind of what I had been looking for. I grew up thinking I was going to be an elementary school French teacher and quickly realized it was hard to discipline in French. Um, but to me, technology is like a language and there's always ways to continue to build on it and grow in it. And I just really loved what I was doing and it came naturally to me, which is funny because I didn't even have a computer until I was a freshman in college. But for some reason, it just made sense to me. And when I saw how it could help my students, it was just like, it was a no brainer. It was like, this is what my students need. And, you know, a lot has changed since then. That was what, back in 1998. Um, so it's a long time ago, but I still see the same thing. I still see when I, you know, when I'm able to show my students something new and to see the excitement yesterday, was it yesterday? No, it was earlier this week. I was on Gizmos, which is a simulation site. And I was watch. I have a group of students who I'm working with and they were playing with the gizmo and I had given them a worksheet, but they weren't really doing it, but they were having discussions with each other. Like, Hmm, I think I can get more trout versus catfish if I change the environmental conditions to this. And just seeing how kids can do things like that and how they can try things and really make that learning come alive. Watching my pre-K and kindergartners create with technology. It's just something that has really changed and transformed the way I teach students and I really am purposeful and I want to help other teachers because teachers have more on their plates than they can deal with right now my job mm -hmm. is to make it easier for teachers and to help them look at that barrier and figure a way that we I can help them over it my goal is never to give them more yeah I love that that's awesome and um 
No, I appreciate you sharing all that. That's really awesome to see just how much you like, like you cultivate it, right? It's like you've evolved. It's like you talk about, well, that was way back then, but like, I, you know, you're still evolving as yeah. you go about it, right? Because technology is changing. Absolutely. You know, by the minute, it seems like. And it's funny because like, you know, Canva <laughs> was something that last year was brand new for me. And, you know, but programs change all the time. So you have to kind of be willing to try new things and experience new things to, because you never know how a program is going to change. And the goal is, is to really look at, well, how is this going to help my students? Yeah. And so I really have always kept that lens of how is this going to help my students learn? How is this going to help that learning stick? Because not all technology is equal. And I don't ever believe in using technology just for the sake of using technology. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important. And I tell my teachers this all the time don't use this technology just because you you want to check the box that you use technology. Use it because it's going to help your students right. and it's going to help them share their thinking in a new way or it's going to help them have an experience that they couldn't have any other way. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of teachers don't see it that way. And so I really try in my work to really give them those opportunities. Yeah. And it sounds like giving it purpose, right? It's like yeah. you said, it's not a checkbox. Like there should be a purpose and the purpose is always student learning, yeah. right? Better outcomes for students. And if technology can definitely do that, then yes, let's incorporate it. But if it's not doing that, you know, is it worth our time to put into that, right. you know? And I think it's just so important. They talk about, I think 60, if the figure's still the same, 65% of the jobs our kids are going to have don't exist right now. Our students will have, mm -hmm. we need to teach our students how to do this, how to problem solve, how to create. We need to really focus on, I know they're called 21st century skills, which seems ridiculous in 2022, mm -hmm. but those skills that are going to help them in the future. <clears throat> and there's so many ways that they can do that using the technologies, you know, the applications and the programs we have but we have to give them those experiences starting really young so that they can continue to develop them as they get older yeah absolutely absolutely so um debbie i'm gonna shift a little bit here and talk about three resources um well actually i'm not going to talk about them you're going to talk about them i'm going <laughs> to ask you for them um but three resources that you either use during your time like in the classroom or that you use now like three resources that you'd like to share either and this could be literally anything from books tech tools twitter okay. chats any you know just some something educational resource give us three of them that you like to use sure so the first one that comes to mind is a program called Wixie that I share a lot when I present about creating with littles or empowering our littles to create. I really love this program. It's, it is a subscription based, um, but I love it because it's icon based, it's picture based. And I do a lot in my work where I talk about how we have to teach our students icons in order to navigate digital learning environments. And so that program has really been a key to a lot of my work because my students can do speech to text, they can do, they can type, they can do images, they can, you know, use audio, video. It gives them so many options to share their thinking. Um, and so that's really been key, especially, you know, in the last few years where we want our students to be able to communicate how they're learning, but we don't want it to just be in one way. We want to make sure we're building in that universal design for learning. So that's mm -hmm. a program I I actually introduced to my pre-K kids yesterday. 
and got them, a, gave them a chance to start exploring it. But it's something that I use. I've used K to five. That's what we use in our district. And I also love it because it has collaboration built in and students can collaborate. But as the educator, you can kind of scaffold that collaboration in there. And there's so many different ways that you can use it. You can use it like it's a slideshow. You can make an infographic. You can pretty much do whatever you're thinking. And there's templates and they're aligned to curriculum. And um, it's one of my favorite tech tools because I feel like it's they have designed it with our youngest learners in mind. And they give our youngest learners those scaffolds they need to then later on go to programs that are more sophisticated, like, you know, a Canva or some or, you know, Adobe Creative Cloud Express but it's just right for them. And they have two different modes, one for our littlest kids and one for our bigger kids. Um, but it has made a huge difference in the work that I do. So that would be the first one. Nice. Nice. And number two? Number two would be um, Project Zero's um, thinking routines. Um, and um, the Harvard Department of Education has um, a, you know, a initiative called Project Zero. It's done by Ron Richhart. And thinking routines is something else that principal introduced me to. And basically they're scaffolds that help our students to reveal their thinking. And far too often when we ask our kids, well, what do you think about that? They'll be like, I don't know. And these are really intentional scaffolds where you say, okay, well, I want you to compare two things or I want, you know, and it will say to them, it give them scaffolded questions to help reveal their thinking. Mm -hmm. I'm a really big proponent of creation. And I think that when we use things like thinking routines, we're creating artifacts of learning. And I think that's super important. And so I talk a lot about using them because I really think that they're high leverage moves and they're not something where you try to do all of them that you possibly can do like a graphic organizer, but they're really intentional. And I know that I use them with my students, but when I give presentations or PD sessions, I also use them. Because far too often I've gone to a PD session and someone's talked to me for 60 minutes and never given me a chance to process my thinking. And so I model that for the educators that I work with as well. So that's another one that I really, um, another resource that I highly recommend checking out because it has changed the way I look at how I have my students share their thoughts. Nice. Getting kids to, to that was a struggle for, for me. And I kind of found my way, but I wish I would have had that resource, you know, when I was a classroom teacher of, of like scaffolds to get kids to, to share mm -hmm. their thinking. I love that. Um, and well, then now you can share it in your new role. I can share it in my new role. And this is definitely something that I can, I can definitely use in my classroom. I, I can as a, re as an interventionist. And it's also something I'm definitely going to take back to my, to my school and share as a, as a resource for, for teachers as well. Cause there's a lot of, we adopted new curriculum and there's, you know, math talks and number talks, but you know, that was a concern from some teachers as it's hard to get kids to start talking about some of these things. So if they have those scaffolds, that might be a good, <clears throat> be a good place for them to launch off of. So I appreciate that one very much. Uh, give us one more resource. One more so thing. The last that you... one, as you were talking, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do for the third one, but I'm going to give you one that talks about math thinking. Um, and I don't know if you've used Desmos with your learners. But it's so fun. I'm actually, my blog post tomorrow is all about um, Desmos. I'm not sure when this recording is going to come out, but it will be out. And when I, when I went to that conference in Georgia, I went to a session on Desmos and I thought it was a scientific calculator, but Desmos has become so much more than that. There are classroom activities that you can use with your students. I've used them with first and up. 
Um, and so they have that. And they're if you've ever done Pear Deck or Nearpod, it's kind of like that, but to the extreme. You can pace your students, you can freeze your students, you can give your students feedback as they're working. They can do card sorts, they can do all sorts of cool things inside of it. And it's really a great tool for our students to one, get to interact with that math, but also they get to interact with each other because when they share answers, they get to see each other's answers and they get to comment on each other's answers. And then it has this other part called the polygraph, which essentially is guess who for math. And mm -hmm. basically it's 16 squares, four by four, and you could put anything there, but like for my second and third graders, we did 2D and 3D shapes. So there's 16 pictures, some are 3D, some are 2D, and one kid is the guesser, and then the other kid is the chooser. And so the one who's the guesser, the chooser picks one of those 16 squares. And then the person who's the guesser asks yes or no questions over the computer. They have to type them in to try to figure out which one it is. So they might say, is it a 2D or a 3D shape? And then when the person answers, yes, it's a 2D shape, then they cross off all the you know, eliminate all the 3D shapes. And it's been really great for our students to build that math vocabulary. One of the things I've noticed is I, if I put up on the board a um, list of questions, kind of giving them that starter question idea, it's helped them a lot. And now Desmos even has something called a polypad, which I haven't played with enough, that's digital manipulatives and all of that's free. And yeah. I don't know what it's like in New Mexico, but in Virginia, and I know in Georgia, because of someone <clears> just told me, a lot of states are starting to align their curriculums with Desmos. So you can actually look by indicator in a lot of states and find out a Desmos lesson that matches. And even if you can't, I sometimes will search Desmos grade one or Desmos grade five, and people have all these collections made. It's a really amazing resource that allows our students to, because I find math is a hard thing for educators to add that technology in. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that's become really important to me is making sure that people know that it's not just about doing ST math. It's mm -hmm. not just about doing Dreambox. And I do not think, I do, I'm not saying that those aren't valuable, but there are other ways we can use technology in math and give our kids those really powerful learning experiences. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Those are three great resources. Listeners, I, I hope you check out. I'm definitely going to go um, back and check out Desmos for sure. And the second, what was the second one again? It was um, Project Zero's thing. Project Project Zero. Awesome. I will definitely be checking those out and sharing those for sure. Um, and so now let's talk resources that are available through you um, because you're, you work as a tech coach, but you uh, share at conferences. You have a book that I'll let you speak about here in a sec. Um, but what, what are some resources that you have to offer educators um, as they're pursuing, you know, to grow in the area of technology? Um, like you said, I do have a book, like I said, it was published on my birthday in 2021 and it, my book is pretty much covers my journey and really talks about how I went from that teacher who taught behind closed doors and how I really discovered who I was. I discovered my voice. I discovered how I could help my students using technology, um, transforms an acronym. It starts with turning away from closed doors, revisiting how we look at technology and education, amplifying student learning, and then nurturing that agency. Those are all things that are extremely important to me. And then the book kind of takes a turn and talks about that social media component and how to grow yourself as an educator. So seeking connections beyond your school is, and then finding your PLN. And then it kind of shares how I started to offer my voice 
and then how I really tried to reach beyond my expectations. If someone had told me five years ago that I would be doing all of the things I'm doing now, I would have said they were crazy. <laughs> um, I was the kid, the shy kid in high school who didn't talk to anyone and like nobody would ever, ever have expected it. And then the last chapter of the book talks about how to maximize learnings impact. Um, and so that's what, um, that book is out. Um, it's published by Road to Awesome and I'm extremely proud of it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I also contribute to Amplifying Instructional Design, which is an Edumatch book um, that, you know, Matt Rhodes and Becky Lim um, included me in. So that came out this past June and I wrote all the, whole first part about engagement. So um, I really, really enjoyed that project. Um, I was really honored to write with people like, you know, generally and, you know, and get to be part of that project. Um, so that was really exciting. But I also provide content on a regular basis, um, written content. Um, I blog on Tannenbaum Tech, which is my website. And what I'm doing this year is something a little different. I was beginning to feel a little overwhelmed by the machine I had created around everything I was doing. So I'm really, I, I decided to take a step back and I've been working on something, I think since September called the ABCs of Transform Learning. Um, basically it's every month, the first week of the month, I introduce one of my letters. So for example, um, the first week it was amplifying student choice. Now I'm all the way down to E, we're in empowering math discourse. And then, um, what I've been doing is the following week, I put out a blog on that. So the per people who are part of my mailing list and my newsletter, they get kind of like a sneak peek at the content um, when I send out my mailing list. And then it goes out on my blog the following week. I also send it to my mailing list. People in my mailing list tend to get a little extra sneak peeks or sometimes they'll get some freebies from it. Um, but I've really been trying to work on that. So, um, and it's helped me because as a writer, sometimes it's hard to come up with something every time. Like, and I used to be, every time I sat down, I'd be like, well, what inspires me? And now being really intentional about thinking about how all of it fits together, my goal is to provide educators with two really significant tips each week that are going to help them improve their craft. My goal is not to kind of go all over the place. And I really tried to kind of you know, my mission is to really think about making sure that we can really help students, you know, with technology to create, to collaborate, to do all those things. And so I'm really focusing on that in my blog. And then in addition to that, I have a Facebook group, which you're a part of. Mm -hmm. And um, I've also kind of looked at that a little differently recently after going to the Teach um, Better conference. And I'm also part of the Teach Better Edupreneur group. And um I've really been trying on a daily basis to try to pop in there, either put, ask for, you know, people's feedback on things or share a helpful tip, but really trying to engage more with the people who are part of that group and give them, you know, a way, you know, even those small daily tips or just something to think about, because I think that far too often if we don't take those intentional moments during the day. And if I can, you know, give somebody a tip or give somebody something to think about, my goal is, is I want to help the educators who are in my group. I want them to be able to help each other. And so I've been, you know, definitely being much more intentional on focusing on that, um, especially since the Teach Better conference. But even before that, you know, really trying to make sure that I'm putting out 
something each day. And as I think about that, I'm like, I didn't put something out today. So <laughs> I still have to do that for today. Um, but really trying to engage um, my feeling is what I do is not about me. It's about me wanting to help educators, you know, who, who this doesn't come naturally to me wanting them to see the power of this and see how this can help them to reach their students in new ways. Because until you know what it can do, you can't possibly, you know, you, you, it put, you might put up a wall and not really see what, you know, where you could go. And, mm -hmm. you know, even last week, our first graders, they were doing a pre-assessment on headings. They read an article on Pebble Go and we had them pick what they thought was the best heading. And they made a video using Wixie. And every teacher said, all the videos might not have all been great, but how wonderful it was for them to hear their students thinking. And then they could pull the three or four kids who they might need to revisit with. Yeah. And, you know, so like just looking at things differently. And that was something that that team had never done before. So I love it. And thank you for sharing out all the resources that you do. Um, the Facebook group is definitely something that is um, kind of new. I think I just joined it was after recently teach. like after yeah. teach better so but i'm so i've i've been checking that out little by little um yeah. and i appreciate all that you do for that so um as we as we get ready to wrap up i have another question for you um this final question is a three parter okay. um so what are you listening to what are you reading and or what are you watching so i I'm an avid podcast listener, and um, that's pretty much what I listen to. My cute, I, I am definitely an educational technology, you know, junkie or whatever. And like, I listen to a ton of educational um, technology podcasts. So I spend a lot of time listening to that. When I'm not listening to that, my daughter's usually having me listen to some Broadway tunes with her. She's a she's a huge Broadway fan. Um, so that's pretty much what I've been, what I, what I listen to. Um, and then some 80s, of course, you know, because, you know, that's just good music to begin with. There you go. Um, yeah. And then as far as reading, um, right now I'm reading Control the Chaos EDU, which is a new book that's by Stephanie. Okay, I'm going to lose her name. I know her name. Um, Stephanie and Tara. I can't remember their last names right now, which I feel bad about. I definitely know them because um, they were a teach better. Um, so I'm reading that book now. And it's all about executive functioning and helping educators with that. And I feel like that's a huge need right now. Mm-hmm. As far as watching, um, right now my husband and I are watching the Goldbergs together. Um, because it just came out on Hulu. So we're we've been told we would really enjoy my husband's from New York. So I've we're watching that. And then by myself, I'm watching, I just started watching Scratch and I'm almost through. And don't watch that with unless you have tissue lots of tissues on Netflix, because God, I, every time I watch that show, I cry. Oh <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> well if I needed to if I need a good tearjerker I'll, I'll pull up scratch then sounds good yeah awesome Debbie thank you so much uh, I appreciate this conversation and getting to know more about you myself and listeners I'm sure are very happy to to hear about you and the work that you're doing could you share uh, really quickly before we wrap up um, how can they find you uh, social media do you have a website anything like that that you have how can they find you so it's really easy. I'm Tannenbaum Tech everywhere. That's my website. That's my Twitter handle. It's my Instagram, which I don't really use very much. 
It's my TikTok, which I also I'm not using very much, but I'm really active on Twitter. Um, and my website, like I said, is Tannenbaum Tech. If they want to email me, it's just Debbie at TannenbaumTech.com. Um, my website houses all of my blogs and lots of other helpful resources. And then I'm on Facebook um, as well. And then my Facebook group is Tannenbaum Tech um, as well. So I try to keep it really easy um, and stick to the same thing in every every place. So that way there's no confusion. Yeah. Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much, Debbie, again. I appreciate you giving up some of your time today to, to chat with me. It was a pleasure for me, and I hope it was for you as well. Awesome. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on this episode. I hope that you can take time to uh, connect with Debbie um, on all the social medias, check out her book, um, her website, all the things. And um, thank you for listening to this episode. We'll see you on the next show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shut Up and Teach podcast. I hope that you'll check out previous episodes, and I hope that you'll share this with a friend or a colleague.